Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue today in Acts chapter 25, moving on to verses 23 through 27, which brings us to the end of this chapter. In these verses, Luke begins his account of Paul's appearance before King Agrippa. This account continues on through chapter 26. On our previous study, Luke told us about the meeting between Festus and Agrippa in which Festus informed him about Paul's case and admitted that he was perplexed as to how to decide a case of this kind. Festus told him that it had something to do with their religion and someone called Jesus, who had died but Paul insists is now alive. Agrippa told him that he would like to hear Paul and so a hearing was arranged to take place the next day. Now Luke continues as follows. So the next day, after the king and Bernice had arrived at the courtroom with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city, Festus ordered Paul brought in. Then Festus addressed the audience. King Agrippa and all present, he said, This is the man whose death is demanded both by the local Jews and by those in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing worthy of death. However, he appealed his case to Caesar, and I have no alternative but to send him. But what shall I write the emperor? For there is no real charge against him. So I have brought him before you all, and especially you, King Agrippa, to examine him and then tell me what to write. For it doesn't seem reasonable to send a prisoner to the emperor without any charges against him. Since this was not a court trial, the hearing was held in an auditorium suitable for the pomp of the occasion and not in the judgment hall. 
Those in attendance would be a king, his sister, the Roman governor, and the outstanding leaders of both the Jews and the Roman government, along with at least five military commanders. This is a dramatic setting with great pomp and ceremony. And here, to appear before this august company of rulers and kings, stands Paul in chains. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. I'm tempted to begin today by saying that Paul was on trial for the gospel. Actually, that isn't the case. While he was called before the judges and rulers, it was really they who were on trial. It was Festus, the governor of Judea. It was Agrippa, a king from north and east of Judea. It was the gospel that had these men on trial. Whenever the gospel is given, whenever it is heard, it places the hearer on trial. Christ, the gospel, had said to Felix, Will you accept me? Felix said, Not now, it's not convenient right now, maybe later. He sentenced himself. Christ, through Paul, came to Festus, the next governor, and said, Will you accept me? I'm alive. Festus said, That's stupid. Dead men don't come back to life. He passed sentence on himself. Christ came to King Agrippa and said, Will you receive me? Agrippa said, No way. That would cost too much. He too passed sentence on himself. Whoever hears the gospel is placed on trial. So here is Paul. The town is on the beach, right on the beautiful Mediterranean. It's Caesarea, the capital of Judea. They're in Herod's palace. It's a gorgeous setting. In the courtroom or audience chamber is the Roman governor of Judea, Festus. An important visitor has arrived, King Herod, with his sister, who appears to be his consort. Luke writes that he came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking officers and the leading men of the city. It must have been an impressive scene. Herod and Bernice were showing off. The king was in his royal robes, his sister in all her finery. The military and civil dignitaries were all in their official attire. The Romans knew how to do a procession. Herod wanted to make a big impression. Actually, he was nothing more than a petty ruler with the title king. Evidently, there were five high-ranking officers who came with Herod, plus the city's dignitaries. Everyone was supposed to be impressed. When all was ready, then Paul in chains was led in. The whole thing was designed to show the importance of Rome and the inferiority of Paul. Actually, the situation was reversed. The word that Luke uses, translated pomp, in our English Bibles, is the word fantasy. Interesting that Luke should choose this word. Fantasy suggests that all that glitters was temporary, was surface, was cheap, almost unreal, just put on, false. It was just show. Paul was supposed to be awed and impressed. Paul was in humble garb and in chains. One writer writes that the church which Paul did so much to establish, gradually substituted the show and the pageantry, the glitter and the robes, for the chains. We need to remember, that's only fantasy. Festus speaks first. King Agrippa, 
and all who are present with us. You see this man? The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had done nothing deserving of death. But because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send on a prisoner without specifying the charges against him. Now picture the situation. They're in the palace. Rome is there with all its pomp and glitter. A king and his sister consort. A governor. Military and civilian dignitaries. And an ugly little Jew, as someone called him, Paul, in chains. He should have been terrified. So Festus the governor speaks to King Herod and to those assembled. Perhaps he points to the prisoner and says, You see this man? The sight of Paul in chains cannot have impressed Herod very much. Then Festus explains that the whole Jewish community wants him dead, and the charges didn't warrant the death sentence. Yet Paul has appealed to Caesar. So this is the problem Festus faces. Paul is asked to be tried in Rome, but there are no clear charges of any significance. A report of the charges must accompany the prisoner. It would look bad for Festus if the fake and weak charges wouldn't at least appear carefully articulated so they sounded real. Nero would want something specific. Since Festus was ignorant of Jewish religion and law, he enlists the help of King Herod who was an authority on Jewish law and on religion, to help him write the charges. It was Festus' responsibility, but he could enlist help if he so wished. So that is what he is doing. This is not a trial for Paul before Herod. Herod had no jurisdiction here. This was simply an inquiry to help formulate the charges before Paul is sent to Rome. Now, it's King Agrippa's turn to speak. He turns to Paul and says simply, You have permission to speak for yourself. What an opportunity for this Christian Jew. He has a captive, royal audience. This is the fifth and last defense of Paul in the book of Acts. And this one is by far the most important of the five. I'm going to read it tomorrow. What would you say if you had this opportunity, this kind of an audience, Paul laid it right on the line. In a few bold verbal strokes, Paul says it all. You see, one day every knee will have to bow to Jesus Christ and acknowledge him as Lord. Agrippa didn't bow then, but you can be sure he has since. Joins the crashing of the sea and the hills in high. 
News Radio Production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.